This is a Hello everyone and welcome everyone one. Hello, hello everyone and welcome everyone to the Skinny Jean Garden Podcast. I hope you're all good. We have an absolute corker for you today. Something totally different. I've talked about this for a while, about bringing new, interesting people onto the podcast. You couldn't get <laughs> much. I promise you now, this is the only podcast bringing this guest onto a gardening podcast, everyone. We have Mr. Jim Davidson on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, that Jim. Yeah, that's right. That Jim Day on the podcast this week. I'm so excited. Let's get into the intro and we'll discuss it more after. this out on the Twitter sphere, I got a very mixed reaction. Why are you interviewing him? What's he doing on a gardening podcast? And I'll answer that before we get in, into it today. I've always loved podcasting. You were listening to the number one, probably, number one podcast, gardening podcast in the world. Possibly. And there are quite a few gardening podcasts out there. When I first started, there was, you know, still there's still a few, but it's definitely become a bigger form of media, which is brilliant for the whole gardening world. And when I started, it was because of the Sod Show, RIP, RIP Sod Show, by the way. And I said to Peter, I said, I'm going to start a podcast, but there's no point in me recreating the sod show there's no point in that I think in in any sort of media if you're going to do something don't just copy someone don't just do like the usual stand out from the crowd and I think there's a good few podcasts out there gardening podcasts that are really stand alone and my thing is to get new interesting and different people that you usually wouldn't hear on a podcast and I was going to go and see Mr. Jim Davidson with my dad. I got it for his birthday in Clacton. It was a, it was a good crowd. <clears throat> and I thought, look, I ain't losing nothing. He's, he was my absolute, like when we were at home, like this is, this is proper Saturday night entertainment, like back from Noel, Noel's house party. Day. Imagine if we got now on here. Noel house party days, like generation game. Jim Davidson, I used to grow up with Jim Davidson on my television screen. We used to all gather around on a Saturday evening and watch him. It was the best family time. They don't, you don't get that as much anymore. Maybe Van and Deck, but you don't get that as much anymore. So I grew up with Jim Davidson on my screen and his comedy. And then I thought, there's a lot of controversy. Like, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush here. There's a lot of controversy if you can say it, controversy, whatever, conservatory, about Jim Davidson, some of the things he says. But I put that to one side, and I thought, look, let's go, let's go, we're going to this show, let's message him, see if he'll come on the podcast. 
talk about a little bit about gardening. And do you know what? He says yes. And he was one of the nicest guys. One of the nice. Well, I was probably most nervous about speaking to Jim. But actually one of the nicest guys to come on the podcast and just be so open be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, of course I'll come on. We talked a little bit about gardening. We talked a bit about his career as well. It just one of them podcasts I come away thinking, do you know, that's a really nice, that's a nice way to go forwards. I want to get big people on the podcast to talk a bit about gardening, talk a bit about himself. We had Ian Lee on once, put them two names in, Jim and Ian, and you come up with something there. <laughs> um, but really, you know, just bring something different to the table. And I come away from this interview feeling like we had a formula here. Like we really got, we got a little bit into Jim's entertainment life and a little bit into his garden life at the same time and I thought that was a nice mix I'd love to know what you guys think I'm going to stop rambling on now oh it's got serious isn't it calm right down and let you listen enjoy it's the garden chit chat the garden chit chat it's the the garden chit chat, the garden chit chat. It's the, it's a garden chit chat, it's a garden chit chat. Cha 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 cha. The garden chit chat. Please have a, have a luxurious seat. I've listened to some of your podcasts you did in a few years ago now. I wouldn't be shit. That was my mate Stucky brought some stuff around, so I sat there one night, boy playing records and yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I've only listened to the first three episodes, but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. doing it. It's um, it's really interesting. I like playing music on it though. I get bored listening to myself, so I'd like to say look, as if it's my Sunday brunch program. So yeah, I suppose yeah. you could get in trouble really, couldn't you, for playing? There's some interesting music. stories on it. Oh yeah, there was some <laughs> stories. So I do. Um, so I'm quite a. I'm mainly family based. Yeah, okay, keep it good. Um, which is fine, but you don't have to. Don't yeah, yeah, I will. There's no need to swear about geraniums. But, um, but um, so the reason I wanted to talk to you was because, and I don't want to make you feel old, but when I was younger, you were like the person that I used to watch with mum and dad well, and on TV. Good, yeah. Like Big Break and Generation Games. Great, TV. weren't they? So amazing. And like, I've been, this week, I've been like, watching back and actually almost like, brought a tear to my eye. I put, I put the, yeah, well, that's very kind of you. I put something from the Generation Game on Facebook the other day. Someone sent me a clip and it was a 25-minute clip of the last series we did, which I thought was really good yeah. with the blonde Danish girl because they got a lot of... I started basically producing it then and getting it together, and so it was very sloppy and messy like this was. Anyway, switch on. You're on, mate. You're on. Oh, right, okay. Right. Anything you say, we'll be giving it Yeah, give it, okay. Good. <laughs> um, so, the reason, um, so yeah, like that's the, why I want to speak to you, mate. Yeah. Um, and why, to begin with, like how and why you got into being a comedian? I used to go and see a lot of comedians. Well, I'm not going to say a lot. I used to go to the Montague Arms and watch Jimmy Jones, a good old comedian who's still a friend. He's nearly 80 now. And he was very good. And he used to tell these one-liner stories then drag them out and, and make these wonderful pictures of them. And they'd make a one-line joke last 10 minutes. And I thought it was wonderful. And he did all the different accents from all around the world. He'd be locked up today, I guess. And, um, and then there was another comedian on Sunday lunchtime, funny enough, in a pub in Woolwich where my first wife worked when I got married when I was 17, split up and 
I was 18, something like that, far too young. And uh, on the Sunday lunchtime, this guy turned up and we thought, oh, we're going to see him, he's quite good. And then he didn't turn up one day, so I said, you go on. So I went on and just did a load of Jimmy Jones jokes, and I thought, well, I'm quite good at this. When I was window cleaning, there's a pub in Lewisham, um, and uh, Larry, who worked with me, told the governor, who was from the north of England, that I was a comedian. Right. And, uh, and I worked all these pubs, so I just told him a load of fictitious pubs that I worked. And he gave me a job Sunday lunchtime for £6. He said, you're very young to be a comedian. And I said, yeah, I'm, that's my act. I'm a young comedian. And I, I went on to 25 black people and one white DJ woman. And they laughed the place down. And I thought, this is... Because West Indian originated people like a laugh, don't they? So that was it. And then uh, I worked there Saturday nights as well. And then I uh, got a job around the corner in the Montague Arms, replacing Jimmy Jones, my hero. And, um, and then I found up an agent and he got me to do lots of what you call stag shows. They don't have them now, but they'd be in a church hall or a function room with two or three hundred blokes and three strippers and a couple of comics. And I did that, etc., etc., etc. And And here I am <laughs> now in this allotment shed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love these old theatres, but do you think they put a decent chair in for you to sit on? I thought you'd have like a fruit bowl or something. And the, I always pee in the sink as well, it's tradition. <laughs> and this sink's a bit high, I'm going to have to put in a computer. Everyone pees in the sink. What, keep, what keeps you like... Um, not Money. Going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did think that would be the answer to the question. Money, yeah. Because it's quite terrifying doing this. Like today I'm quite knackered because I come up my train, I'm in between licences. And I've got this, for the last week or so, I've had this bloody pain down the back of my head. So I've obviously got cancer or something horrible, because whenever I'm ill, I've got something terrible. <laughs> and so I've got a battle against that. So I'll have, a, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine before I go on tonight, I think. But being like an entertainer, like, is, is that still, in, like, other than the money, obviously, is that still something that pushes you because you like to be on stage still? Or is it, or could you, that's, or could that's you just not, your back on it? Well, there's always a stage. In yeah. there, there's the pub, there's the restaurant, there's everywhere you go. I'm on stage all the time when I'm with people, when people are around me. And if I don't behave in the way I should behave, they uh, they go off you. Your your biggest fan could be could hate you in an instant if you don't act exactly the way that biggest fan expects you to behave. Yeah. So you're, you're on stage all the time. No, it's the money, really. I think. Yeah. Do you find do you find that's a pressure like? Yeah, like but you're thinking, oh my God, but I always spend tomorrow's money today. Yeah. You know, so I think, Christ, I better keep going so it puts you under a little bit more pressure. But do you, do you find that pressure, like, like you say, about the, if, say, say I, I'm, you're like a big person to me, say you have to sort of be nice to people, I'm naturally you know, not a nice person. I'm actually <laughs> got a very low threshold. I can't stand <laughs> around me at all. And... Um, and I tend to be undiplomatic. Yeah. Especially with people I know who work with me or I think should do better. That must be nice, though, for them to know that they're just going to get an honest opinion from you. Well, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, if I ask them, they'd probably let me, like me to lie. My problem is I've always wanted to put people in a box and I always want to get them to admit they should be in a box. Yeah. You know, like you go to McDonald's and there's the millennial there, this is the young females. The other night in a bar, I was going to have a large Smirnoff. We ain't got none of that. <laughs> I said, vodka. Oh. They didn't know Smirnoff with vodka, so she picked up the Smirnoff 
bottle and, and put it in. Yeah. But she had the black eyebrows done, so that's a, that's a danger sign, isn't it? Yeah. You know, some animals are yellow and black, aren't they? Say, so beware, because I'm poisonous. If I see these millennial females with the eyebrows drawn on, I tend not to speak to them, because I know I'm going to upset them. Yeah, that is an odd thing. I'm, I've got a daughter who's four, and I'm worried about the time she gets to that age. Shave them off now, tell her she's never had them. <laughs> never had either. No, they do get to a, a stage. Yeah. But it's all about education. Yeah. So, you know, I don't see many people on Love Island that went to university. No, no that's probably true. It's all about education. Yeah. Well, the, the charity I run now, we, we have 3,500 veterans in prison that we, um, that we tend to, we, we try and get them to stop reoffending yeah. and, and to get them back on the straight and narrow. But one would have thought it would be the war that did that or Afghanistan or, or something. No, it's education. It's from the, the families that they come from. That's all the data that we're analysing saying they come from these most dysfunctional families and their life is a mess. So. so there comes a time in your life when you grow up, when you reach that point of, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. So what we try and do is accelerate that process for the veterans. What makes, what makes but it's all about education. It's education, education, education. Yeah. What makes you get into that side of things? Well, I think it was because I used to tell jokes to troops. I used to go over, overseas and do stuff. And then when the Falklands War broke out, I wrote to the government and said, I'll never charge for entertaining the troops anymore. So I used to get asked to do it a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's cost effective. So, so that was that. And then when the time came for that charity to then start to work for the government, and I dipped away a bit then, my job was done. And I, I, um, I formed this care after combat with Simon Weston and a special forces bloke. And we looked at what we can do about uh, veterans in prison and why they go there. And while we're helping them to not reoffend, we're not rewarding them, they don't get special treatment. But we're collecting tons of data and getting our people to analyse it, so we try and get to the bottom of it all. So that was it, natural progression, really. A lead, leads to B, leads to C, leads to D. What would you like to like, be remembered for? Like, all the things you've I th- done, I you've think, done so I, much. Yeah, I... I think that I would that I'd make people laugh. You know, that's uh, you know, I get these things, so oh, you do much for the veterans and you do a load of this and that and that, but I have people write to me and say, I f***ed myself the other night watching you. Yeah. You know, I was in a bad place and you made me laugh my head off. This morning I woke up there and oh, I've got to go train all the way to Clacton, I had headache and everything. I wouldn't hung over or anything, I was just oh I don't feel so clever. And I put on Eddie Murphy in uh, Nutty Professor 2. And at half past six this morning, I was screaming with laughter. That's great. Yeah, and I felt like, you know, it's the same thing. Dear Eddie, you really, really made me laugh and and got me on the choo-choo to Clacton in a good mood. Do you have the ad like that where you have to, like... Because I do this on stage and I get really nervous sometimes. Take a little pill you can take. (laughs) Go to the doctor... It's not nerves, it's anxiety. Yeah. That is, it's anxiety, it's projecting. This is a terrible thing, the alcoholics have a The projecting of it's all going to be horrible, even though you've done it so many times, and you know it's going to be all right. And there is that moment where instead of being anxious, you're suddenly all right. What you want is that, before you go on, there's 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 little pills that can stop that anxiety. They're very good. I mean, you can't buy them in the pub. If you take one, it doesn't make you suddenly start singing rock and roll, but. They're, they're beta blockers, they're called. Do you, but do you, some, like Eddie Murphy, do you sometimes watch stuff to like G you up to, to get No, not really. Eddie Murphy makes me laugh. Yeah. I, I just think it's because that dialogue, the clumps, as me and hysterics. Uh, Lauren Hardy made me laugh a lot, but the thing that, and uh, Dame Edna Everidge makes me laugh. Yeah. Clever. 
But what makes me laugh the most to the fact now is that I can't see it, watch any of it without being sick or throw my head back with laughter so much I bang it on the back of the sofa. Yeah. And that's Tom and Jerry. And it's funny, isn't it? but it, it's Tom and Jerry that was produced by Fred Quimby. When the others took over, Chuck Jones and whatever, there was, there was only so many that Fred Quimby produced. And then when someone else did it, it wasn't funny at all, strangely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I talk a lot, don't I? It's good. I like theme work, so I knew you would be able to talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You've got some stories, I know that. I have, I have. It's only a game show, but up a real good fight. We've got Jim Davidson tonight. He does talk about gardening. It's coming up very soon. But for now, we've got Jim Davidson tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Davidson. So, so like I say, I do a gardening podcast. Yeah. And... I mentioned on Twitter that I was coming to see you. Mixed response, which is sometimes, I suppose, how it is. Do you find... No, I can polarise people because I'm opinionated. Yeah, do you find... I had a row on the train with some bloke. He had a big Brexit badge on. Scrap bin Brexit. I said, yeah. And he was talking about, oh, we're going to have this and Corbyn's going to go in and this and that. What I said, when are we going to send the army in to prevent that happening? Because if the government do not do what the public demand there's a chance that the government would have to be removed yeah. <gasps> oh well blah 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 blah, blah, blah. I said hang on a minute we, they voted yeah but you didn't know no 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 no. we voted out that's yeah. it and so people he won't like me he'll never buy a ticket to see me and he'll say I'm horrible racist sexist homophobic do you, think, do you find it overshadowing sometimes no not really perception is is what it is yeah it's normally by people that's never seen me yeah Oh, it doesn't really matter. Someone can call me a murderer. But you're, you're quite happy in the sense that... I'd rather, I'd rather not be judged by them because it makes me lose my faith in, in them to an extent. Yeah. Because someone I don't know has got the eyebrows drawn, I don't like him, he's sexist. Well, I probably am sexist a bit. Yeah. That yeah. one I'll own up to, but the other... <laughs> and homophobic to an extent, not a phobia or a fear or any form of hatred... But I, I just find that my gay friends make me laugh. Yeah. They go out their way to make me laugh. I mean, that's like the clumps of gay people. You go around my mate's houses, it's ridiculous. It's like a sitcom. Yeah. And so if I can't mention that on stage without being accused of being homophobic, then it's a sad world we live. Do you wish that didn't over... But do you, I mean, do you wish that didn't overshadow your... I, I mean, I suppose your comedy's a lot of round that, I suppose, but do you wish it didn't overshadow the comedy side? To be sold, known, is it? M- mature is sold out. This is sold out. Yeah. The next tour is sold out. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean. I don't really want to be one of them people that go on those panel shows. And I never went to university. I'm just a working class bloke telling jokes. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I mean. That's what I like really, because you're quite. Um, you stand by what what you think. I think well, I like well actually, some of the things I say on stage, I don't think, to be honest. Yeah. I play a role to an extent. There are two me's, and sometimes, like the other night when I was on the Isle of Wight, when we were coming back, all me and Jethro, and a few people on a boat, I turned into the me on stage, because there was a woman there, 
who didn't quite like the idea of something I said that was sexist. So that was red rag to the ball. And I turned into this monster, you know. I mean, not aggressive, but just haranguing her, saying about women and all the rest of it. And uh, so I turned into that. And she didn't like me much. I heard later, my wife said, oh, no, she was having the right go at you. But, but you know, and I couldn't help it. I turned into... She like, became like, a target. So like a gym character, and then there's the gym. Yeah, there's the real gym, and there's the gym that people want to pay to see. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I suppose that's... If you take it to a further stage, Al Murray, you know that little funny barmaid person, um, he puts the jacket on and puts on a, a persona, of, he plays a character, which the, there was a fad of people doing that, Stavros, the Greek... Yeah, salesman yeah, yeah. and all of this stuff which is sort of alright a bit but it always reminds me like university boys playing at it rather than having the ability to do it but he puts the blazer on I, I don't I, there's, people think what you see is him yeah but and there's a lot of me there but it's a bit of an exaggeration if you know what I mean it's just hiding something yeah, yeah well, it depends how much if I'm drinking wine or scotch <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, I've, got to, I've got to talk about gardening for a yeah bit. let's go because uh, as much as I really wanted to interview you uh, for the gardening podcast how, how many gardening podcasts have you been on? well well, hang on a minute oh. I sort of went on a YouTube thing with Chaz Hodges rest his soul who had Chaz you know from Chaz and Dave yeah. Chaz's allotment he had an allotment that he used to go all the time really? he was a really really keen gardener and in the papers it was Chaz's gardening tips oh well, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, look it up. Have a look up in the old archives. Now, my gardening experiences come from... We used to have allotments at the back of where I lived in Charlton, south-east London, and we used to go over there and pull people's carrots up <laughs> and this stuff and go over the field, which we called it was a bit of a dump after the Second World War, and we'd cook soup. Oh, really? throw it all in and just, just eat it, and that was it. And it'd even better because we'd stole it. You know, <laughs> and you put a spud in there and things like that. And then... Then gardening, we didn't have much of a back garden. We never had an allotment. And then when I grew up and moved, it, the garden was always somewhere to dig a koi pond. Right, yeah. koi, we always got to have ponds. I live on a river now, so we haven't got that. But, but, and then went to the big house that I bought, but it was in Surrey. And you couldn't plant anything because it's all clay. That's why there's so many people with horses there. Um, and now, because I cook like that, we, we dug a bit of our garden up. And we've got a very... Uh, chalks, we're on a chalk stream, the river test. So, the garden you, you dig down two foot and it's river, right? Um, but the rest of it's a lot of stones, a lot of things that you can imagine that's been you know sifted up. So, there's not much grows there. Uh, so, the wife's got lots and lots of pots. We're like Bill and Ben the flower pot. We must have 60 of them bloody great pots oh, really? and garden with stuff growing in. But I built a little herb garden which I like because I like to cook. Oh, okay. And the trouble with herbs is you've got to have them quick because they all turn into scrawny, horrible things that you yeah. can't eat. So they're pretty. At the moment, I'm looking for an old bath. You know those old, not bath, the old sinks you used to have. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I know. Yeah, like a big white enamel sink. Yeah. And I'm going to fill that up and I want to plant some basil in there. And the coriander's too difficult to grow in. But nice basil, lovely. And try and grow some Thai basil as well. Yeah. So, I, but my wife's very, very keen on gardening. She she loves it. That's She's good. been begging me to buy a greenhouse for her for a while. You gotta get a greenhouse. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot easier than. Yeah. I got a um. My mate, actually, one of my mates who I'm with today was getting rid of his um like hot tub bath. I planted that in my garden. Yeah. My wife was not happy about that. No. But it looked all right. I thought it was all right. Yeah, we got some great herbs. We've got a 
huge great big thing in our garden called a gonorrhea. The gonorrhea? Gonorrhea, yeah, I know, I know there's a joke there somewhere, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going for it. It's like a huge big rhubarb that grows at the side of the river, and, and the leaves of it are like six foot across, it's like Kew Gardens. It oh, dies every winter, something. comes back, yeah, beautiful. And we've got, we've got triffids growing as well, like artichokes, huge great big sort of villain bend flowers. Oh, wow. That's yeah, we've got them. A lot of lavender, tons yeah. of lavender. Lavender is easy to grow. It is easy to grow, yeah. Time's difficult to grow. It's difficult to put... We put all the lavender around it to stop the dogs going up and weeing on me herbs every day. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem I've not got, luckily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, you used to be... Like, football's a big thing for you. Mm. And, like, when you were younger, you must have played a lot in... I did, yeah. ...fields and, and things. And they're getting less and less in housing estates now. Like, they've given less and less room to that. Well, we never used to play on a field. It never stopped us. We used to play on the road. Oh, okay. <laughs> we used to play in the road. There wasn't that many cars. And the, the playing fields that we had belonged to a school. So we used to climb over the, the fence, you know, that old wriggly fence. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. climb over that and you'd play your football on there. But I, th- I think recreation and parks are... are um, someone's got to really grip it and make sure not only do you have a park, but make sure it's worthy of, of one that will go in. I remember speaking... There was a a park with a Lido in it in Charlton, just off Shooters Hill Road. And I went back there, I was walking down to Charlton for some reason, and I had a little look round, it was horrible and derelict. So the head of the council was at Charlton. And I, I grabbed it at one side, I said, what are you doing? He's the leader of the council at Greenwich. And he said, oh, we've all got plans. I said, come on then. You know, and within three years, not anything I said, it all done up. He said, go back and see it now. Yeah, a proper swimming pool that people like to do lanes, didn't they, rather than jump in and, and just be children. Uh, and it, it was a nice thing. Parks are good. But we used to have park keepers. Yeah. You have parks now. I'm afraid it's somewhere it's where people can go and do things those, that people do in the shadows. People actually, like kids getting outside is such a thing that doesn't really happen as much as it used well, to. Just what about like, cooking at school and gardening? I mean, every time you turn on the television, there's a there's a cookery programme or a gardening programme. Yeah. So why don't we encourage children to take part in it rather than just watch it on the television? Because people pretty, surf, they, they sit there, my wife has a telly on in every room. Yeah. And I go around switching them off. Oh, it's just leave that on while I'm doing the ironing. Yeah. <laughs> Cookery's become such a big thing in schools. Like, I do quite a bit with schools anyway. Yeah. Um, but getting gardening into schools is such a hard thing to get actually happening. Like, cookery's... Like, Jamie <laughs> Oliver people have sort of pushed the cookery side, but gardening, there's nothing there happening. Like. Not really. It was funny old Titchmarsh, wasn't it, that did it? Yeah. And, uh, I suppose you could get people interested with gardening on the biology side of things. That's how to get kids interested, really. But then... The kids don't want to learn anything now. They look it up on Siri. Siri. Yeah, that's true. You know, what, my my daughter is constantly saying, "Alexa, play such and such in the front room." Blows my mind. Like it makes me. It, you know what's going to happen? We're going to grow up with people with no intellect whatsoever. We're going to have a, a race of people that don't process income. Like yeah. I remember saying to Casey Bachelor when I was on that. Um, the celebrity big brother thing, she was one of the contestants, and I said to her afterwards something about politics. She went, and Dana? Yeah. I said, So who's leader of the opposition? Dana. Yeah. And she and I said, Why don't you know? She said, Well, what's it got to do with me? Mm. Well, that changed my life, does it? That's it. If it doesn't affect me, I don't want to know. And I think that is the sort of millennial yeah. thing. And if I need to know, I'll ask Google. Well, 
Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? So I, when I was at school, I got A star in English, and my level of like spelling and everything has gone downhill since then. Because I don't need, because yeah, I don't need yeah, to yeah. anymore. I can't remember phone numbers now. I have this recurring nightmare. I'm away somewhere and I'm trying to phone Michelle, my wife, and I can't remember my house number or my number. My fingers like because you just yeah, do you that now, to, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That whole world of um, sorry, I won't keep you too much longer. But um, do you want, do you want? that whole world of like, uh, I'm a celebrity, Big Brother that you you, you mm. were in. Um, I think I know I've got to know the answer to this anyway. <laughs> but why did you get involved in that? Money, money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I'd give it. A, I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah. But it's a bit of a risk because you know you only do it at the end of your career type thing. You know, I wouldn't do it when I was doing the generation game and earning a million a year price. No, but so I thought I'll give it a go. My manager said, "Don't do it." And so uh, I went. And funny enough, the first year I was going to do it, I got myself arrested on the way to the Big Brother house. I got caught up in all that Operation Nutrient stuff. I never got charged or anything, but it was a bloody scary year. I yeah, can tell yeah. you. Uh, and then at the end of that, they said, "Well, come and do Big Brother." So then I thought, right, that was it. I've had a bad year. Let's see. So I went in and won it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's the Did biggest. You really enjoyed the experience. Well, they reckon it's the biggest share of a vote that reality TV's ever had. Oh wow! And I got the fifty-eight percent of the, all the votes. That's maybe because you were just being you. And... and I think maybe they said, oh, he's had a real bad year, you know, with all that stuff <laughs> that was going on. We might give him a break. <laughs> a big break, maybe. A big break, maybe. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom. Um, so, final question. I always ask people this at the end of my interviews, but what is next for Jim Davidson? Like, what's the future hold? How do you to see what you do? I don't know. No? No, I really don't know. I'll just hope to be well enough to keep doing this uh, and try and take care of myself a bit because I'm not 30 anymore. I write a lot of stuff for myself and other people, so I, I enjoy doing that. And I enjoy boating. This is the new thing, boating. And next year I'm going to take my captain's uh, certificate. I'm going to do the course to become a proper captain. Wow. Wow. <laughs> stay, stay off the seas, everyone. <laughs> keep, keep out the way. Oh, yeah. well. well, thanks so much, honestly. Thanks so much oh, cheers, for Lee. me. No problem. Um, and I look forward to your show. Cha, 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 cha. The Garden And there, everyone, there you have Mr. Jim Davidson on the Skinny Jean Gardener podcast. I know, right? I know, right? Incredible. Thank you, Jim. If you listen to this, thank you very much. I, I doubt he will. But if he does, thanks very much for being part of it. I would say hit him up on, on social media, but I don't think he's on social media anymore for a variety of reasons. But uh, thank you so much, Jim, for being on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed it too, dear listener. Did you Did you enjoy that? It was nice, weren't it? It was nice. Such a nice guy. Um, so yeah, I would. I was about to say, please go and check him, check him out. Uh, <laughs> and go and check his gigs out, but they're always sold out, so, you know. Different to what we usually have on here, but maybe something that uh, going forward in 2020 we could uh, definitely work on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, look after yourself, look after your family, but most of all, look after that garden. Migration. Skinny jeans, but I love her. It's just a guy that taught me about.